Hi, this is Levi. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to take a quick minute to introduce a few of the other podcasts in the WCF Podcast Network. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. That's From the Platform. Sam Taylor from Cleveland, Ohio, produces weekly devotionals in Pause to Consider. Think uh, Mr. Rogers meets uh, Fireside Chat. I love Sam's humble style and think every episode is fantastic. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at wcfoundation.org. Now, here's the show. Welcome back to A Little Faith. I'm Levi and I'm here with Laura. How are you doing, Laura? I'm doing really good. Thank you. I'm happy good. to be here. Yeah, it's fun to talk with you. I want you to introduce yourself, but I do think it's worth me saying that I've known you for a very long time. We're kind of from the same area or the same tribe. We go to different, two different meetings, but I grew up in California just like you. So yeah, tell us, tell us about yourself. Um, I'm Laura DeCosson. Yeah, and as Levi was saying, uh, born and raised Southern California. Grew up going to the Verdugo Hills Ecclesia. Very active in CYC. CYC was a absolutely foundation of my teen years. And it was wonderful in California having the opportunity to be involved in such a great, strong CYC. Because we'd have multiple ecclesias come together every Friday night and we'd have like 40 or 50 people every week. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really a wonderful experience for me. But this past, it's been a year now, I think almost to the day that I moved across the country to Pennsylvania. I transferred universities and I moved closer to my boyfriend. So different phase of my life and moved into a much smaller ecclesia. Cool. And um, that is the specific club that us two are members of, the two of us are members of, is uh, I also grew up here and loved CYC and then moved to the East Coast for my girlfriend at the time, Yeah, <laughs> 12 years ago, 13 years ago. But uh, yeah, so how's, how is that going? How is, how is Pennsylvania different? It's good. I really, really like it. I always say that I really love the place. But if I could pick up all the people that are in California and move them to Pennsylvania, I would be really, really happy. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love the university I transferred to. I'm early childhood and special education major. Mm-hmm. And that was is a great school for education. So that was a major plus for me. Um, but it has been a pretty rough transition over the past year for me because of the CYC. Um, and my sister, two years before I moved, also moved across the country, but she moved to Maryland. And she told me before I committed to moving, she told me that the CYC is going to be the hardest change for you. Mm. It's going to be the most difficult. And so I went in knowing that, and it was definitely the case because I went from a CYC that had 50 people to a CYC that has around like seven Right. And including me. Right. And one's your boyfriend. So yep. yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand that's a big change. And I, and I think that this will all obviously come up in our conversation, but I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you today about your Instagram account, which is, you know, why we wanted to schedule this call. So you have an Instagram account called at faithfully Laura. And I just am really interested in exploring, you know, I'm a huge fan of the account. I want to say that obviously from the jump here, 
but really interested in hearing more about how you decided to to kind of do this and then um and kind of how that's going and then yeah how that relates to your own personal life as well so let's talk about that how long have you had faithfully laura or at faithfully laura at faithfully laura officially on instagram started back in march so about a week into quarantine wow yeah yeah, I thought it was older than that. So it was your own account before? Yeah, it was my own account. Okay. So I just completely changed my account. I didn't change the con. Well, I did change the content. I add more Bible to my content. But it is just, it's just who I am. It's just me. But the tag, um, Faithfully Laura, actually came from my blog that I started back in January. It was my third try to blog since, like, in the past four years. And this time, I really felt good about it. And I called it Faithfully Laura because my name is Laura Faith. So oh, I didn't just, know that. That's yeah, so I just switched the words around and it's yeah. Faithfully Laura and it applies to my spiritual life and to who I am. Right. Okay, so it was kind of your own account. You changed yeah. the name. And how is it, how is it going? Let, let, let's talk more about it. What do you call your account? Is it just your Instagram yeah. account or do you have like a title for what you're doing here? I am, <laughs> I'm kind of just paving the way because I feel like not a lot of Christadelphians have done this before. So I feel... A little strange sometimes because I feel like I'm really putting my faith on display for everyone. It, the reason why I started it was because everything kind of started in my Instagram stories. Like I would do my Bible readings every day and I'd find something so exciting to me and I would just do stories long of it and people would communicate with me and tell me that it was something that they really found encouraging. But my friend Madeline actually messaged me one day in March. She's like, Laura, you need to be an influencer on Instagram. You're helping me and I think you can help other people. And about 10 minutes later, I went outside with my boyfriend's sister and she started taking pictures for me. (laughs) So it was a very fast turnaround. I just needed to be nudged a little bit. That's fun. So I I, I was curious if if you called it that. So you do, you do call your account a, like you would, you would say your account is an influencer account. I feel a little funny saying that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it I think it does fall into that category. So if you found other Christian influencers, their pages look very similar to my pages. So yes, it's a Christian influencer, or I've even had people tell me that I have a really cool preaching account. So even just, I'm an Instagram preaching preacher. Account. Okay, yeah. Uh, obviously, a lot of people who are listening to this won't have visited the account. Maybe, maybe I should have said this before we got into what you call it, but like an example of a post, I, I'm going to tell you one and you tell me is you'll say, you will literally like have a verse or you will do, sometimes you do art on your Bible, right? Because you do the in Bible art mm-hmm. and then you post, you post like a verse or a thought or even uh, like a, your cup of coffee or a picture mm-hmm. of yourself and you'll say some uplifting thought or some kind of honest spiritual mm-hmm. thought. And then you do have a collection of hashtags, which I think is something that's important yeah. because that's how you're trying to increase your audience. Yeah. So is that all, that all sounds about right? Or what else, what else do you think the actual, what's the actual account like? Like when you think about posting, what's, how does that process go? I try to be as authentic to myself as possible. I am not trying to contribute to the negative Instagram space. I'm not trying to contribute to making other girls feel bad about themselves. I'm not contributing to the spiritual world and my spiritual life is better than your spiritual life. No, I am telling you when I am having an awful time. I have not opened my Bible in a week or I haven't like done a personal Bible study in a week because of this, but with you, I'm going to try doing it again. So I'm showing people 
that it is okay to have highs and lows in your spiritual life and kind of normalizing that because it's so private a lot of the time. And as a teenager, that hurt me so badly. So with this account and every post I do, I think to myself, how would this have helped me when I was younger? How can I help my friends now? And what can I offer to people? And it's never about me. I never want my account to be glorifying me. And whenever I do feel like, oh, I've done this, I've done this really cool thing. I, that's a moment of forgetting the purpose of why am I doing this? I'm doing this to glorify God, to use social media, to bring God to people, to bring a personal relationship with Jesus to people. And when I, when I forget that sometimes I'll often take days off social media, I'll have to just recheck myself. I'll have to, I've been calling them social media Sabbaths recently, just delete it, forget about it. It's not building up me. It's supposed to be building up God. So as long as I follow those criteria, I just keep posting. Yeah. And yeah, and we should say for those listening that you did recently pass 2000 followers too, which is fantastic. Very exciting. I had no idea when my personal account, with just my personal account, I started about 400, just Christadelphians. It was pretty much only Christadelphians um, that I've met around the world and who have come to, we just met at different conferences. um, And it was basically just Christadelphians. And since March, what is it? The first week or second week of August, I've gained like 15, over 1500 followers. So now I have like 2,200 and that is just absolutely mind blowing to me. Right. Right. So I want to talk about something you said there again, and congratulations, I guess, to, to be clear, like it, obviously it is cool when you do something and I know the feeling like you do something and then you actually get like feedback or like it works, you yeah. know, that's, that is an interesting feeling, isn't it? It's like, Oh, look, this is, there is an actual audience for this. Yeah. Right. So you, you, you talk about something really interesting when you say that you always try to keep yourself out of it. And I've definitely like, I really ring with that. Like sometimes mm-hmm. there can be a really weird line of, I want to be an example and a help and to be a, like a, like a content creator, basically to balance yeah. out other things that people might be seeing. Yeah. And then how do you do that without pushing yourself to a point that actually affects your own human pride is like really hard. It is hard. And, and like I said, I, I notice it in myself sometimes because it is exciting to reach 2000 followers. I would have never thought that I would have done that. Right. But through it all, either I delete social media and still do my personal Bible study and make sure it's like, okay, is this authentic? Or am I just pushing this out to push out content? Or am I pushing this out because I just know someone needs to hear it and it's not about me. And so I tell myself and I talk to other people, bringing other people into it is also huge, not to glorify yourself, but to have Mm -hmm. them help you to remember the foundation And my favorite thing to say is, especially with this Instagram, is I'm planting the seeds. I am, I am there in a world full of disgusting stuff on Instagram sometimes, just stuff that's not glorifying to God. But I am trying to plant the seeds of faith. And God is the one who is going to give the increase. And God has given increase. And I have 1,500 people on my Instagram following me that are not Christadelphians. Right. That itself is very humbling because 
our faith is bigger than us. My faith is not, it's not just me. It's not my own world. It's, there's a massive world out there of people who have faith. Right. Yeah. And I think you do a good job focusing on the Bible so much, right? So you do like Bible study is clearly a a running theme, like the theme of your account. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and in truth, that is universal, right? To any Christian, any follower of Jesus is they're going to, they're going to agree with that. What, what other kind of things do you try to like focus on, I guess, when you're, when you're posting, like what are some other like content angles that you take? Yeah. So Bible study is huge. That's, I think the number one, but also, like I said, it's not just a Bible journaling account. I never want it to be that because I want it to be a relatable account, relatable to anybody. And I often talk about very vulnerable things so much so that people are like, Laura, do you really want to be bringing that up, bringing that into such a public space? Yeah. But I tell them I've already had so many messages from people saying thank you to me, writing out, like you have to swipe multiple times on your phone, like long paragraphs. And I get these often because it is, it is sitting with people in a way that's helping them. Yeah. And so other other avenues of my account have to do with um, talking about like anxiety, talking about Mm -hmm. depression, talking about body image, talking about um, self-esteem, spiritual highs. But most importantly, I talk more about spiritual lows because that's when we need the most support and just making people feel heard with things that we try to hide. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And, so, yeah, I, I like that. I like the vulnerability that you have. I, and I, I've noticed that as well um, as a fan of the account, just that, yeah, you, it's not all positivity. Um, and that definitely leads it to feeling more real. Is there a difference between Laura DeCossin and Faithfully Laura to you? Like, or is it, do you think you are 100% honest on there? I think I'm 100% honest. I mean, there's things that I wouldn't, that I keep myself like everyone else keeps to themselves but it's not anything where I'm lying about who I am sometimes you just keep your things in your personal life to yourself but things that really matter to the account and to the core values of my account um that's very true to who I am and people (laughs) who are closest with me probably get annoyed with how much I talk about my account because I'm so excited about it. I'll be like, look at this message I got. Like I'll be shoving my phone in people's faces and be like, read this one, read this one. Because so many people reach out to me about Bible study and about how I deal with um, anxiety and depression. And the most recent one was I had a Q and A on my stories um, for people to get to know me a little more. And I'm completely transparent on those. People are like, what are your views on anxiety and depression? And I just tell them what I feel mm-hmm. and what is scripturally correct on how to view it. It's for the specific of anxiety and depression. It's like, I believe that professional help is necessary and is totally acceptable because mental health does not define your faith. Right. It's, it's just a reflection on something you have to work on and you can only work on it through the grace of God. So I'm just trying to tie the Bible so deeply into my life that I can't separate the two. Like there is no difference between Mm -hmm. Laura outside of the Bible and Laura with the Bible. And sometimes that space is, is larger than I want it to be. And sometimes it's a mile long, 
but I, but I'm working so hard to keeping them so, so close together that when you are, do have spiritual highs, that's when you need to be doing your most work. So when you do have lows, you've made resources and tools for yourself to get back to the place you want to be. Yeah. Fascinating. You've obviously set up a very large accountability, like network or system for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's gotta be pretty cool. Right. Yeah. You, you feel like, yeah, even, even though you can, you can admit to having downtimes, it's like, you've got a lot of external pressures now with the, mm-hmm. with the account essentially yeah. to continue, you know, to, to get back into the Bible, basically to yeah. get back, to get your relationship fixed. So an example um, that I'd like to give is I noticed in the month of June, oh my goodness, I just really struggled with my faith. And so I decided to do something about it rather than just sitting there and not doing anything really, just kind of like looking at my Bible and not opening it. I decided to do 30 days of abiding with Jesus, not a challenge, but a commitment. Uh 30 days of abiding with Jesus, commitment on my Instagram stories and I post about it. So I'll be like day 15, day 16. And I'm doing that yeah, like you said, for the accountability is that other people are seeing it. And so I know that I have to be truthful, but also because it is a tangible way to build a habit. I have a check, I have a a template where I can check off boxes when I do it. And I know, and I'm the kind of person that like really doesn't, I really don't skip days when I do things like this. So that's helpful. But I'm trying to bring my Laura DeCossin side of things my I struggled in the month of June and I'm tying that to my faithfully Laura I'm bringing them together right um the person behind the account account was struggling with her faith so she's bringing her account in to help her faith right interesting so to repeat you're kind of saying that there's not really a difference in your spiritual life at least like you know you're not talking about your car payment or whatever you but your spiritual life really is totally unified like Laura, there's yes. no difference between faithfully laura and laura de Cossin. it's really cool um what have you learned then as laura de Cossin in the last four months i guess that's a huge question because we've all been learning something through oh yeah through, through covid but what, <laughs> what, what, what has the account taught you i guess um the account has taught me how much the world needs the bible yeah and how much other christadelphians need the bible how much my friends have not read their Bibles and how they've been vulnerable with me to be like, I see what you're doing. Can you please help me? And I can do that to them as well. So it's taught me that there it's bigger than what's in my head and what in, what's in my head isn't limiting me. Um, I can do, I like the quotes, like I can do hard things. Your spiritual life is hard. Yeah. And I've learned that you can, you can grow in difficult times. You can grow during COVID. I struggled in COVID, the beginning parts of it, because I was isolated across the country from my family who were in California, like a terrible COVID state with no sign of when I could go home. That was really hard for me. But through it all and through the account, I built so much trust on God. Just trust that the account would work, trust that my Bible study was what I needed more than anything, and trust that it's helping people. And that is 
that was my goal for the year in general. I went to an intention setting seminar and one of my things that I, I really wanted to work on my intention for the year was to trust in God because I am a person that just like, I want control. I want to be in charge. I want to know what's happening. And if nobody tells me I freak out. So right, right, with right. coronavirus, it's like, that is just completely out the window. Nobody knows what's happening. So my emotional state was not okay for a while, but with opening my Bible every day for good quality time, mm-hmm. I saw so much progress. It, was just constantly amazing to me because Mm -hmm. it showed me that this is truly, truly what I want for my life. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that brings me so much rest and so much peace as my Bible study does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And again, that's, that's a, that's a change you've experienced. You're saying just in the last few months, which is different because how you've been baptized for a few years now. I mean, you've been been spiritually committed for a while, but now Mm -hmm. you, that you, you feel like this is like another level of commitment, basically? Oh, or? yeah. I never knew what my spiritual life could truly be like. Mm. Um, I had, and I'm sure this is the same for so many other people, I have more spiritual lows than spiritual highs, and the spiritual lows are so many times longer. Mm-hmm. They last longer than spiritual highs, at least in my case. But the Bible study and with the excitement of the truth and changing the way I view my relationship with God and Jesus, which I've done through the account and through my Bible journaling specifically, Mm -hmm. um, that has opened a whole new world to me because we, in Christadelphia, we grow up being taught like Bible study is great. Do Bible study, but nobody tells you how to do Bible study when you're struggling. It's just do Bible study. It's like, all right, got it. That was always in my head. I was like, cool, do Bible study. What does that mean? Mm. And I'm trying to define what Bible study is. And that's what I'm trying to achieve with the 30 days of abiding with Jesus. Mm. Abiding. What does that word mean? Abiding is being with, spending time with, just surrounding yourself with, just completely immersing yourself in Jesus. And that can look different for so many people. I am not... I'm not strong in the academic side of things. Like, Uh, yes, I am in school. Like I do get good grades, but I have to work so hard. And when you're working so hard all day, coming home and having the idea of working so hard in your Bible study, that isn't appealing to a lot of people. You just want to break. But tying that in, tying that break, that rest, that peace that you have with Jesus with into that Bible study time or that abiding time Mm -hmm. is so powerful because it can, abiding looks different for every person abiding can be drawing it can be just writing anything you want in your bible it can be intense bible study it could be singing it could be prayer right. it is bible study your relationship with god and jesus surpa- way surpasses book studies and word studies and that is what i've learned yeah wow that's a big one yeah i think uh, what you're kind of talking about is connect is connecting what i'm hearing is that you're saying that a connection with god and jesus that's the goal of bible study anyways yeah. right like that's a goal of you know, maybe a traditional like bible marking course right or a chain yeah. study or whatever chain references well all of that if it's not bringing you closer to god and jesus well then find what is what does right and exactly. like you're saying you use abide with with jesus i think there's a yeah we our culture and again you know we, we already said we've we've come from the same place like even the, the same tiny subculture of christadelphia but yeah. um 
it's it's hard to focus on an actual like spiritual connection. And in truth, it's hard to teach that. I mean, it's hard to tell someone, no, you just got to find your way to connect with God. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's hard. It's hard to really communicate that. It has to become personal mm-hmm. um, and it has to become consuming. And that's what I think I like about your account too, is it is, this is consuming for you. Like this is like, you're saying always keeping your spiritual life together or always being identified as well, Laura, as faithfully Laura or Laura's holding her Bible. Well, what you've done is you found a way for this, for the Bible to consume your life through this account, which is good. That's really good. And I never thought that that was going to be me, if that makes sense. Like there's in Christadelphia, a lot of the time I found with talking to people is like, if only I could do that. If only I could be that person that could debate until there's no tomorrow. Like if only I could just have the perfect verse on the top of my head. I was always that person and say like my boyfriend is that person. Like he's really good at it and I'm not, but I found a different place for myself in preaching. Preaching is not always going into churches and debating. It's not always stopping the person in the line in front of you and being like what are your views on this it could be a i really see how god has worked in your life tell me about that yeah people learn by example and i think what you're doing is really putting yourself out as an example and 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 that's an example of someone who is searching the bible which is really good that's way more compelling than like a well-crafted argument you know Um, people connect people have to connect and God, that's how God and Jesus work. They, they're going to connect to people through things that we show them, not things that we tell them usually. And you're not going to strive towards the kingdom with as much power as you could if you don't have that connection. I never did. I was excited for the kingdom, but never like I am now. Because yeah. through my own way of connecting with God and Jesus, I, doors have been opened to me that I have seen the absolute rest that can wash over me. Mm. Since feeling that, I never want to go back to anything else. And sometimes I might forget, but ultimately it is now a core part of me that when someone asks me, what are you looking forward to most in the kingdom? I will tell them the rest I will feel, Mm. the peace I will feel. And I have found that through finding my own way through the Bible, And I wanted to say something about that is in the world of Christadelphia, there are strong opinions on about how you should treat your Bible. And I totally agree with that. Your Bible should be respected. It is God speaking to you. But I do not agree with people telling you that your Bible needs to be a certain way. So this is something huge. I have been kind of drilling into my friends and drilling into my people that ask me questions is that if is that your Bible is yours. It is Mm -hmm. your relationship. It is not anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Half the time I spell things wrong because I'm not a very good speller, but that doesn't matter to me because it's what I was feeling in the moment when I'm writing these things. So if you'll go to my Instagram and you'll see my pictures of my Bible, my pages are full, but Mm -hmm. that is because I am drawing, I am writing, I am circling, I am grabbing whatever pen color I want. Mm-hmm. doesn't I don't have codes I might have a code within like a chapter and, but I don't have codes because that is a block for me that makes me hesitate that makes me pause in my bible study that makes me be like hmm should I actually write this right right but instead I want it to be very instinctual for me to be like yes 
I am in the word. I am not, I am not hesitating. I am fully in it and I'm not thinking about anything else. And when people ask me, well, now <laughs> your pages are so full, you'll never be able to write in these chapters again. Um, and then I tell them that I'll just get a new Bible. It's yeah. not, it's the Bible's awesome. You're, you have special connections to your Bibles, but you can have special connections to so many Bibles. Right. The Bible itself is, I mean, that your individual book is not special. I think that's, um, I had a Bible, which I obviously loved and, and treated like it was very special, very important. It had color coding and it had a ton of marking in it. And, and then we were actually in a terrible car accident, Jess and I together when I was 23 and the Bible was actually damaged. And in a way that, that kind of hurt me. I was like, Oh no, you know, like my Bible. But I mean, I've learned so much since then. And I and to totally agree with you that I think you have to let go of the idea that your specific, the specific book that you're looking at right then is in some way special. I mean, I think the message that is in the Bible is obviously incredibly special. So yes, I'm, I'm giving you a big amen. Anyone should write whatever they want in their Bible. You're going to have, you're going to have three or four at the very least in your life. I mean, I, I, I feel like I just actually just bought a Bible a couple months ago. And I think it's like the eighth or ninth one and I'm only yeah. 33. I have three that I use right now simultaneously. Right. Yeah, exactly. My advice to people, if they are hesitating so, uh, hesitating a lot with being like, oh, I just can't write in my really nice wide margin. Yeah. I felt that too. So you know what I did because I was hesitating? I got a cheaper one off right. of like an ESV journaling Bible. And I use that as my blank slate, my creative mm -hmm. Bible. And then my King James wide margin, that is my intense study if I really want to have like a chain of really cool points sure. and that's where my color code belongs. But to be completely frank, that that's not a Bible I've been reaching for in the past, yeah. how many months, in the past seven, eight months, I have not reached for that Bible right. because my ESV journaling Bible, the one that I just have such a deep connection to because I feel free to have a relationship mm -hmm. with the words that are written there and the people and God who wrote those words. And also I have a third Bible, which is right. I, we, instead of doing the Robert Roberts um, Bible reading companion plan, um, John and I do chronological reading. So we have nice. like a one year chronological Bible. So I use all sorts of Bibles and they just have different purposes and that's okay. Like you don't need one Bible. You can Correct. use what you need to develop deep connections. Absolutely. It gets back to what we were saying earlier that your connection needs to be with God and Jesus. I mean, and that comes through the Bible. Absolutely. The Bible and nature are, are the witnesses that we have, but those, that connection has to go through the Bible and then it's, it can't, it can't be with your physical Bible. I think that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying when my, with my car accident, when I picked up my yeah. Bible off the side of the hill, I was like, oh no, my access point to God yeah. and Jesus. And no, no, that's not, that wasn't totally correct. You know, yeah. like I have access to God and Jesus through prayer and I have, and they're working with me. You know, there's so much I needed to understand yeah. after that, but, but it was kind of a, I had my, 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 you know, my first Bible kind of like taken yeah. from me in a way. And I had to figure out that yeah. it, it all comes into your head. Anyways, that's the other thing is when you actually get into a preaching situation, like we're kind of talking about, or you're, you're trying to talk to someone about what you believe, you know, what you never actually have in front of you is your Bible. It's, yeah. incredi it's incredibly rare that we get the opportunity to like, sit down with someone Bibles open, you know, and really hash this out. You know, again, that's not, that is how religion used to be transmitted, but it's not really the way anymore. And it, it has to be all in your head anyways. So the more you spend time with it, like you're talking about, 
uh, yeah, the more you're going to find that it's that it actually gets in your head, and that's where mm -hmm. it's actually useful. Do you think other people should have should start accounts like this? I think that there's a lot of room for people to contribute to this Christian world inside Instagram, but you have to be aware, like I was saying at the beginning, is that it is so easy to fall into the trap of pride about what you have done. So if you check yourself and if you have a group of people that are helping you check yourself, mm -hmm. that, that this is all for the glory of God. And if your intentions are correct, then go for it. We should be filling each other's feeds with the Bible. We should be filling anything we see on our phones. How amazing would that be if, right. if it was all scripturally encouraging, not even just scripturally encouraging, but just like, just encouraging to who, just to who you are. If right. you see someone else struggling, you're like, oh, I'm struggling as well. I'm going to reach out to them. And then you have an awesome relationship after right. that. If yeah. your intentions are true if your intentions are pure and if they um are for the glory of god then yeah i fully support it and get in touch with me i can help you <laughs> <laughs> cool yeah well thank you laura this is um this has been really great to hear more of kind of your your thinking about this and really you said so many things that like we touched on so many topics that uh that could be a whole other conversation yeah. in the podcast like specifically bible study you talked about when you moved to Pennsylvania, uh, kind of the, the big difference and losing the community. And you even said the word like lonely. Um, mm -hmm. Has the account helped you with that? That is another reason why I started the account. Okay. Um, because I was not getting the spiritual food I needed that I was used to, I should say, actually. I felt like I was in a place where I was more giving, giving, giving. Um, and I wasn't receiving and I wasn't receiving as much spiritual food as I wanted. So I decided to do something about that. And it has transformed my faith because right. you're not always, it was a huge lesson to me that I'm not always going to be in a position where I can rely on other people. It showed other people's faith specifically. Uh -huh. um, and it showed me that you can do it alone you can do it with very few people around. Um, it's just going to be harder and it's just going to take a lot more um, intentional work and a lot more intentional action. But it, it was a crucial part for me to remain sane in quarantine. Yeah. Well, again, you're experiencing, I mean, you, you said doing it alone and that is true, right? You're, you're kind of creating your own spiritual food in a way by doing this, but you're, mm -hmm. you're getting the community because you're talking about like the highlight for you has been, comments and getting feedback yeah. right and having conversations with people and that's what you were missing right wouldn't you say? yes yeah. exactly that's a very good way of putting it and when I moved I had a bad way of coping with change like I just avoided everything I have so many emotions that I when I miss people I miss them so much it hurts so when I moved I just kind of turned off a switch where I was like no, I just didn't even think about it because I couldn't think about it. But having this account, I'm talking to my friends more actively and people that I love so dearly are reaching out to me and talking about what's our foundation, like talking right. about our truth. And that is what I needed. I needed to remember that I'm not alone. I'm just farther away from people, but that doesn't mean that we 
don't, it doesn't mean that we have different foundations and it doesn't mean that we're not striving towards the same thing. Distance doesn't do that. It's just, we have to work and we just have to adapt. We have to work in a little bit of a different way to connect with each other. Right. And that, that gets me back to, again, that it's interesting, this use of social media is essentially what you've done is I think you've found a really spiritually productive way to use something that can be like you were saying the motivation was to get more things on social media that are actually good because i think we know that it's usually uh at at best a time waste and at worst you know (laughs) something worse than that so it's definitely neat to see you and i'm again a huge fan so thank you uh thank you for doing this with us and obviously anybody if you haven't already had the idea you should go check laura's account out out at faithfully laura on instagram and uh thanks again laura Yes, thank you for having me. I had a very good time.